Greetings and salutations, sports fans. Welcome back to At The Half with your girl, Jackie Ray. Thanks for joining me here on 950 Lounge on CBTV Radio or iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you head on over to Instagram and follow me at Fanatic. I spend most of my time on Instagram. I, I rarely venture off, but if I do, I also go to Twitter at Fanatic. Also, follow me on YouTube. You can see all... Everything I do visually, you can see me on The Opposite Reaction with Nick Hamilton. I also try to do a couple of videos during the week about topics that I can't get to for this Thursday podcast, so make sure you check that out. Um, But we have a lot to talk about today. Um, This NBA action is getting a little crazy. We had two games go to game seven. We got the results of that. Uh, Also, we have to talk about the NFL is coming up around the corner they're doing something a little bit weird, though, uh, so we're going to get into that as well. And I have a special guest coming up at the end of the show. You're going to want to stay tuned, especially if you're a Clipper fan. I am going to be talking to Clipper Daryl. That is a very interesting conversation. You're going to want to hear what he says with regards to what the NBA is doing regarding the Black Lives Matter movement. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But I hope you guys had a chance to watch the games on Wednesday, let's see what, yeah, Wednesday, the Bucks um, played the Heat. Now, that was an important game for me because Giannis has been getting some flack about he should not have won Defensive Player of the Year. You know, that's an arguable thing. I, I kind of thought that Rudy Gobert should have won it. Um, I still kind of doubled down on that, even though they even though they lost to Denver, is when you're talking about it, I think all-around defense, um, Rudy is just a better defensive player. I think that the numbers for Giannis, when we're talking about more defensive rebounds and more blocks and steals, make sense. But I think you really kind of have to watch to see who they are. You can't just go by the numbers. And I think, unfortunately, with these NBA awards, this is all done by reporters. And reporters, if you don't know, they usually have a specific game they cover, specific teams that they cover. So yeah, they're going to see a lot of different players that come in rotation through those teams. And yes, they probably want to be, you know, well-rounded reporters that cover a bunch of teams, but nobody got time for that. Let's just be real about that. Nobody really has time for that. So most of the time reporters just cover, you know, one or two specific teams, and then they don't get to see the totality of players that are outside of that team. So I don't really give a lot of credence to these NBA awards, especially since James Harden did not get most valuable player last year and Giannis did, even though he still hasn't really truly developed a shot. Um, so that that whole thing to me was troubling. Also, now we're seeing people talk about, you know, maybe maybe Giannis isn't that good defensively because Milwaukee just has not looked exceptional against uh, the Miami Heat. To be fair, though, they didn't look before we went into the bubble. Even though they won the most teams in the, um, uh, the most games in the NBA, they didn't look exceptional against most teams. They kind of looked like, you know, Giannis is a powerhouse and he's hard to stop. So, kind of like a, a young, strong LeBron was hard to stop. He just he bullies his way in. But as far as defensively, I didn't see. Um, a whole, whole lot from him, you know, the maybe last couple of weeks before we went into lockdown. But again, I'm not one who makes a lot of arguments on that because I don't watch a lot of Miami Bucks games. That's not one of the teams that I typically cover. So again, this is all circumstantial, but 
Now there is a reporter. Here's where it gets funny to me. There is a reporter who says, and I, the only reason I'm calling this guy out is because I believe that people need to stop doing this. Stephen A. Smith does this a lot. Honestly, Stephen A. Smith does it more than anybody I know. And I think he started this trend um, because now t- Tim McMahon says he has an NBA, a current NBA all-star who he's had an in-depth interview with, who wants to remain anonymous and says that Giannis is terrible defensively. Every time he's played him, he's been lackluster, blah, blah, blah. Now I would love to hear who this player is because I think that once you hear who this player is, then all of a sudden it adds a little bit of credence to the whole, maybe Giannis isn't as good as we think he is defensively, but please, please, we need to do what we can um, all of us collectively, any, including me. Now, if I have an unnamed source, I will make you guys a deal. I will be as vaguely precise as I can. So at least you have like a point of reference as to when I spoke to this person. And then if you go to my Instagram or Twitter, you could probably see where I was at at that time and make some assumptions. I will leave breadcrumbs because I think without the breadcrumbs, even though you don't want to taint your sources, you always, as a reporter, want your people to be comfortable talking to you. But this to me seems very fake. And the reason why I say that is because if you are a basketball player, that's cool. I don't know any basketball player that's not cool to talk stuff about somebody that's not on their team. Now you you might get people say, Oh no, you know, I don't want to talk about this, that, and the third, if they're on the same team, but we've heard Jimmy Butler say several times, uh, Oh, I forget the gentleman's name, but he said he couldn't guard him while I was watching the, uh, OKC Houston Rockets game on Wednesday. Russell Westbrook was looking at the sideline, telling us in the audience that somebody from OKC couldn't guard him. Uh, CP3 has told us on several occasions that him and uh, James Harden are not friends. He doesn't have any ill will towards the man, but they are not friends. These people have no problems talking. So I am not going to believe for one second that if this, if Tim McMahon had a source that he wouldn't have named it. So let's, let's start there. Let's stop naming these unnamed sources. I, I'm, I don't have any dog in that race. Um, the MVP race, I think, is really comes down to James Harden and LeBron James for me. If it goes any other way, I'm going to just fall back to what I said. Like this is just reporters talking reporter stuff. They don't really know a lot about anything. But today, because you guys are listening to to me on Thursday. um, So today we have game one of the Clippers Nuggets game. I am hopeful (laughs) That look, I think all I really want is that this this doesn't become a sweep because I think Denver has put a lot of heart, sweat, and tears into getting um and into the semifinals. So I think it's important that they can at least get that one game in. But low key, I really, really, really want them to go seven games again, and I want Denver to take this series for a lot of reasons. Number one, I am from Denver. That's my hometown. Um, Jamal Murray has touched my heart in a way that I that I did not expect. He is one of the the people who have emerged for, as my favorite, which I think that's really cool about this bubble because typically, yes, I do watch 
if not all, most playoff games. But because we're in a bubble, sometimes these games will come on while I was at work or something like that. So I can't watch every single one of them. I'm working predominantly from home now. So I have not missed a seeding game. Actually, I did miss like three seeding games because Hulu is not telling you the truth. They do not have live sports. They have some live sports. They do not have all live sports. And here in LA, they do, do this ridiculous thing of blocking out Clippers and Lakers games for three days. You can't see it for three days. It's, it's preposterous. But um, So I did miss a couple. But for the most part, I have seen probably 98% of the games since they went into the bubble. I saw, like I said, I missed a few of the seeding games, but I have not missed a playoff game. And because of that, a lot of people have emerged as some of my new favorite players. Obviously, like I said, Jamal Murray is definitely one. CP3 has been one for a while just because he is the oldest player in, well, he's the oldest player in the game to get a triple-double. Um, they weren't, OKC wasn't even expected to get to the playoffs. I think they had something like a 1% chance. So for them to get to where they are, Jimmy Butler, I have to admit, I have been one of those people who no matter where he goes, I am talking stuff about Jimmy Butler because I think he's been a problem. But clearly I was wrong because whoever Jimmy Butler is, he has been very honest about the fact that he knows who he's been that hasn't worked, you know, in other organizations, but he wasn't going to change who he was and it's working in Miami. So I'm giving him a huge shout out. A lot of people have emerged as my favorite players. So I am starting to understand why these none of us should really take these awards seriously especially like I said if James Harden or LeBron James does not win MVP I'm not buying it but like I said tonight we have well tonight if you're listening to me on Thursday if you're listening to me on Friday yesterday <laughs> we had um Toronto Raptors and Boston Celtics um they're in they their game three Boston Celtics um I think are going to easily sweep that series. Um, if I didn't mention, I, I truly apologize, but the bucks are losing. <laughs> so I don't think I really predicted that they are down 2-0 in their series and their semi Eastern conference semifinals. The heat is, has a 2-0 lead on them. They will be playing again on Friday. If, if the heat mess around and sweep the bucks, Y'all need to go back and take Giannis's trophies back. That don't make no sense if they get swept. And you have last year's MVP, this year's Defensive Player of the Year. Stop it. Y'all better go get them trophies back from that man. I am not buying it. <laughs> um, the Clippers, like I say, play tonight. The uh, Boston Celtics, like I said, I think are going to sweep, which is unfortunate. I, I really would love them to get out of that. But because of the win, I really wanted... OKC to win that game between the Houston Rockets and OKC because I just think OKC is a smaller team um, and it's just going to be easier for us to, to kind of manhandle them a little bit more given our size. Nevertheless, uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> so my Lakers and LeBron will face James Harden and Russell Westbrook on tonight at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So I think that's three o'clock for y'all out there on the East Coast. I'm not worried for the first game per se, because I do think since they did play, here's the thing though, that rest thing, I think people sometimes see it differently than I do. I don't necessarily think having 
a long rest period is advantageous to a team. I think sometimes when you're in the groove, that's why Jamal Murray on a, when they won on Tuesday and he was so surprised, like he clearly had no idea when they were playing. Cause he's like, we play on Thursday. He was so shocked by that. Um, and I get it because they are so tired. They fought so hard that series went seven games, but at the same time, I think they're in the groove. So they're used to doing this every other day thing. So they're in that groove. Um, whereas the Lakers have had a couple of days off. Um, Houston is in that groove. They've been in that every other day groove because they went seven games. So I personally think the advantage goes to the team that is maintaining the groove. I think the team that's gotten off beat a little bit, had a little time to rest, had a little time to kind of mentally re relax. I think that once when you're mentally sharp and you're just back to back to back, I think it's a little bit more to your advantage to do that. Not that I think that my Lakers are going to lose. I just think that it's just different. Um, so you guys let me know who you think is going to win those two games. I, of course, am going for Lakers too. Let's just be honest. Let me not be that Laker fan that just goes out here and say, oh, Lakers are going to sweep because I want them to. Let's just be honest about this for two and a half seconds. Um, the Lakers have technically, when we're talking about defense, they always get a little bit more. They will not a little bit. They always get a lot more rebounds than Houston. If you're just looking at the numbers, um, but then everything after that is pretty much even. So if if the Lakers win game one, I'm going to call for a sweep. Let's just say that right now. If the Lakers win game one, they will sweep. We will sweep the Houston Rockets. If by any chance they lose, let me, let me give this two caveats. If they lose game one or they only win by like, let's just say four, two to four points. If they only win by two to four points, then I'm going to say Lakers in six uh, because I think that that's not the kind of momentum that I thought that they would have. So those are my predictions um, for these next rounds of, round of games. Let me know what you think. We're going to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about something that the NFL is doing in order to kind of stay relevant with this social media justice movement we're gonna see if we buy it stay with me america land of the free it's at the core of who we are freedom the freedom to live without fear to drive through all 50 states to sleep safely in our own beds the freedom to jog where we please to watch birds in the park, to wear a hoodie, the freedom to breathe. Before we celebrate the freedom most Americans have, we must fight for the freedom all Americans deserve. Because no matter your religion, gender, disability, age, race, all lives can't matter until black lives matter. What's up, everybody? Once again, welcome back to At The Half with your girl, Jackie Ray, right here on CBTV Radio, 950 Lounge. Make sure you follow me on all things social media at Fanatic. Now, listen, I cannot believe how close the NFL is. And I think sometimes I forget because we're not having preseason. Um, I'm used to going to training camps. I haven't done that 
because they're not open for us to do that. So it's almost like the NFL for at least me is kind of just a second thought. I haven't really given it too, too much thought. Um, we have seen a lot of the football teams around the country take practices off or um, we saw the Ravens actually try to submit are trying to submit a bill to their senator, um, the George Floyd bill that kind of helps with policing. Um, so we've seen NFL teams across the league kind of trying to jump onto this social this social justice movement. Um, but with regards to the actual game, you know, I, I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. I'm not entirely sure how this is going to work. We know that the rosters now are going to be, instead of 53-man rosters, they'll be 55. That's not working like a lot of people think, though. The official roster still has to be 53 men. It's just that now they can bring up two men from the practice squad if they need be, say if someone has a an injury or, you know, is out for a court date or something like that, they can bring them up without having them clear waivers, but then they have to send them right back. And they can do that twice throughout the season before they actually would have to make that player um, go through waivers. So I don't know if a lot of people knew that because I actually thought that, okay, yeah, cool. Now we just have a 55 man roster. I was wrong. So I figured maybe some of you guys weren't aware of that either, but you know, a lot of things that we talk about when we are in the middle of preseason is like, okay, what, cuts are they going to make? Because this is the time for especially these rookies, any of these undrafted free agents, even guys from the practice squad that might get a little bit of playing time. This is the time when coaches cut down their their rosters, those 53-man rosters because of preseason. So practice is practice, but when you really want to see the caliber of a player, you definitely kind of need to see them in some real-world action, and these teams have not had the opportunity to do that. And unfortunately... I think we are going to get a lot of diamond in the roughs that are missed. And then hopefully we'll have an opportunity to shine next season. Hopefully we'll go back to normal next season. But I think you are going to miss a bunch of people who would have gotten out there in preseason and people would have been like, oh, damn. Now, even if they didn't work for that team, I think they might have hit the radar of other teams and, and you know, could have literally made a 53-man roster whereas they're not going to do that now. So it's an unfortunate thing. On top of that, I'm very concerned about injuries. I think that, again, I said that in the last segment, I think that you have to get into that mindset. You have to get your body used to playing in real time. I, practice is great. I appreciate that we're practicing in pads now. We're running full scrimmages, things of that nature, but it is still practice. It is not the same. And I know preseason is not the same, but when you are, um, especially when you're a a new rookie or maybe you're a guy that is on the practice squad or things of that nature, that is a real game for you because you are trying to earn your spot. It's also the time, especially when you're talking about the last couple of games of the preseason, starters don't really play too, too much in those games. But those first couple of games, depending on how you look out there, coaches will play the starters because they need them to dust the cobwebs off. We haven't had that. So I am concerned about injury. Um, I'm concerned about injury just because I know people are like, watching practices and stuff like that. I have not had the opportunity to do so because the NBA, I, I am not used to dealing with the NBA right now. <laughs> so the NBA is taking up the majority of my time because it's thrown my schedule off. But with that said, I think it's, it's going to be an interesting time because we know beyond a shadow of a doubt how racist the NFL is. I don't think this is up for debate. If it's up for debate, I'm going to assume that you are blind Deaf and dumb, and you've never seen, heard, 
or read anything your entire life that would educate you on that topic because it's just, it's literally not up for debate. Um, and I think the NFL though, in my opinion, people get upset with me when I say this, but I do believe that the NFL mirrors America. America was built on a racist foundation. So was the NFL. If you go onto the NFL site right now, you'll see the Washington former, you know, racist team name that they haven't even changed their team name. It's just a, it's a W, uh, Burgundy and Dub and gold W that's on their website. Um, and this is, so here's the thing, like I wouldn't have been mad at Dan Snyder if he came out and said, because I was a former cowboy fan. Um, my dad is from new Orleans. That's how I ended up being a saints fan. I was a former cowboy fan, but at some point my resolve was like, I can't, I understand that all. And I know I'm going to take a pause there because people hate when I say all, but I do mean what I say. I understand that all the, the owners in the NFL are racist. I understand that I, there is one non-black one. I'm including him in that as well. Um, so I understand that, but Jerry took that to another level. Jerry's racism was like, okay, let me just go ahead on and ask David Duke over for dinner. And I just couldn't go sign on that anymore. If you don't know who David Duke is, look him up because that's just, I'm not going to give him too much airtime, but I literally abandoned ship. And for me going to the saints made sense. Like I said, my dad is from new Orleans. My dad, um, was a Bronco fan, die hard, but he also had his saints gear, um, because he, he loved repping the home team. And it seemed an easy transition for me because I mean, I've always loved the saints. Number one. And number two, Drew Brees is just a very, very likable guy. Um, we just have a a dope squad in general. So I was definitely hurt when Drew Brees said what he said. But like I said, the NFL mirrors the United States. It has a very racist foundation. Um, It's it's not as bad a foundation as the United States because the foundation that the United States has is racist and downright evil. But the United States has not atoned for any of the sins of the past. They have not said sorry they have not apologized they've done quite the opposite and told us to get over it. Um, so I, I don't, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again, unless we completely uproot the foundation of this country, you can't expect it to be any different because however the, whatever the foundation is, that's how the house is going to (laughs) sit. If the foundation is shaky, the house is shaky. So, um, yeah, unless we completely uproot the system, I just don't see it changing. Um, but now, the NFL, you know, the NFL who I think legally cannot apologize to Colin Kaepernick because of the settlement deal, they could they could hint at it though. They really could hint at it. Um, but they are deciding to put sayings in the in the end zones, m- much like what the NBA is doing with Black Lives Matter on the court. They're saying. Um, <laughs> I, they, I don't even remember what their, their um, logos are going to be. I think it's something to the effect of um, we we stand together. Oh, yeah. It takes all of us and end racism. That's what they want to put in their stands. And I, you know, I have a colleague on the fumble that said that she, she thinks that change is happening in the NFL because players are now allowed to. <laughs> I'm going to say something that's going to piss you guys off. So let me finish this statement. I'm just bracing y'all because I don't want y'all getting too mad. But she says, you know, players are now actually able to speak out more than they were before. And they, um, and that's a huge step because before, if they spoke out, 
you know, they could lose their jobs or be traded or be like, you know, Eric Reed, who, who just last season was still getting drug tested exponentially more than anybody else in the league because he was targeted for standing with Colin Kaepernick. I have a hard time believing that a league that was doing that just last season has done a complete 180 when none of the owners have changed. It's still all the same owners that are on Trump's speed dial. What, what, what are we talking about right now? Nonetheless, she believes that now that the players have a chance to speak out more, that that's a sign for change. I'm going to say this. They, they let slaves read, you know, and they let them, they made them feel good about reading as long as they were reading the Bible and the, it was, wasn't even a real Bible. It was a slave Bible. So they get, they realized at some point we got to give them something because now they're starting to come together and they're starting to move in a different direction. So let's throw them a bone in my heart of hearts, especially since this is an election year. And I think there's a lot of posturing. Donald Trump is also trying to get college football back in all of the states where he's been failing um, in the polls. I think that's also a ploy. If you can appeal to the good old boys, get them their football back, then maybe they'll vote for you. I think everything that we're seeing, I, I have not personally, this is me. I have not personally seen one gesture in this Black Lives Matter, in this social justice movement, that isn't posturing to me. I haven't seen anything that is sincere. I haven't seen any any laws that have been passed. I haven't seen California is trying to push to get Black people people reparations, um, which I think we should stop stop asking for that. We should start demanding that. That is ridiculous. It doesn't even make sense. But um, I haven't seen any any the Breonna Taylor law was was presented as well. But I haven't seen any like, okay, we're going to make it mandatory that if you police this community, you live in this community. We're going to make it mandatory that if you shoot an unarmed person, regardless of if it results in death or not, that you're immediately terminated. You can't get hired anywhere else in the country and you lose your pension. If you shoot and kill an unarmed person, you're immediately fired. You can't get hired anywhere else in the country. You lose your pension and it's mandatory jail time. So I, I just, we haven't seen any of that, which means we haven't seen anything that lends itself to real change. We haven't seen, um, you know, we always see the NFL say, oh, we've, we've donated a million dollars to help prevent systemic racism. What the hell does that mean? Have you gone into the inner city and, and built a gym there? Have you made sure that the class sizes aren't oversized? Have you, have you put money to help the teachers in that environment? Have you given them books? There's, there's classrooms across the country that don't have heat in the winter, but are in freezing climates. Have you helped with the Flint, Michigan water crisis? Have you, what does that mean? I need a definition. I don't need you putting a title on some random ass money saying, oh, we're giving money to system. What does that mean? If you're not putting a name on it, if you're not, if I'm not seeing it, if it's not something that I can go and read about, what does this mean? And to me, it's just posturing. They're all using the whole thing as a write-off anyway, which is, it just seems so fake to me. But honestly, I think that that's why I've said it before, I think as, as, as black Americans in this country, I think we suffer from PTSD because on the one hand, we have people saying, oh, don't talk about, don't talk about, you know, politics. This isn't politics. When we, people are talking about justice and, and how to be able to drive from home to the grocery store and not fear being shot and killed, how to not have people 
acquit a murderer just because they feel like a black kid with a hoodie is a threat. How a kid can, a black kid can play in the park with a toy gun and not get murdered. You know what I mean? Like this, this isn't, this isn't politics people. This is life. And the fact that we still live in a country that that's not, that's not even acknowledged. I have zero hope for this country. I have all the hope in the world for black people. Cause I feel like at some point we're going to realize we got to stop asking the oppressor <laughs> to do the right thing. And we have to start looking towards us. I don't know when we're going to get that, but I definitely feel like we will get that. And we'll start building each other up and lifting each other up. I definitely see signs of that now. So I'm hoping that that trend continues. But nonetheless, we're going to get back to this basketball situation in a minute because up next I'm going to have, and I'm, look, if you're a Laker fan, uh, my apologies. You know, I saw him when I went to the beauty salon to get my hair cornrowed and he was in there talking stuff. And I had to take that opportunity to let him come on the show and talk some stuff here. So we're going to talk about what he thinks his Nuggets are going to do. Our Nuggets. See, clearly I want the Nuggets to beat the Clippers. So I'm just going to put that out in the universe. I'm going to let it stay out in the universe. But he's going to be talking about what he thinks his Clippers are going to do. He's going to tell us how he became Clipper Daryl. I did not know. Apparently I'm late to the party on that one. I did not know how he became Clipper Daryl. And he's going to tell us what he thinks about what the NBA is doing and and. How, what people should do as far as their interactions with police going forward. I think you'll be very surprised by that. So stay tuned. Once again, I'm Jackie Ray. This is At The Half on 950 Lounge and CBTV Radio. I'll be right back. If people say your dreams are crazy, if they laugh at what you think you can do, good. Because calling a dream crazy is not an insult. It's a compliment. Don't try to be the fastest in your school. Be the fastest ever. Don't believe you have to be like anybody to be somebody. Don't become the best basketball player on the planet. Be bigger than basketball. Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. If you have only one hand, don't just watch football, play. And if you're a girl from Compton, become the greatest athlete ever. Yeah, that's more like it. So don't ask if your dreams are crazy. Ask if they're crazy enough. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Jackie Ray. Once again, welcome back to At The Half. I'm pretty excited. Uh, I know a lot of Clipper fans out there are going to be excited. No one I know is going to be excited because we all rock with LeBron. We go where LeBron goes. Um, but nonetheless, I'm pretty excited because I have Clipper Daryl with me right now. If y'all are listening to this podcast, you're missing out because you can't see him in his, what looks like a Christmas shirt. Uh, Clifford, where did you get that? That has to be custom made. <laughs> no, no, actually, you know, they was giving these away at the game. They was giving these away at the game. Oh, okay. You know, I threw, I, you know this, is my, this is my little lounge around. So, you know, all I got is Clifford here at the house. So that's it. <laughs> that's it. I have never, you know, I saw you, I was getting my hair braided. And I saw uh, you come into the salon that I was getting my hair braided on in, on two weeks ago on a Saturday. And I was like, oh, okay. And you literally came in just to talk stuff. Is yeah. that a thing for you? You just stopped by to talk stuff? Yeah, you, 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 know, you know me because you know Chuck's a record fan. So I got to go out of the way. But see, I came back in because he owed me the, he owed me the bet. Uh. Right? He owed me the, and, and I didn't want to... Um, 
So when he owed me the bet, he, he was like, he, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't like the, the vibe for it that day. So I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and take off. <laughs> okay. All right. I got you. So how you feeling? Like you said, we before we started, you said your Clippers have made it past the first round. How excited are you about that right now? You know, hey, we're going all the way. That's where I'm going to be excited. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm, partying, I'm partying for seven days and seven nights. Partying for seven days and seven nights? Yeah, when, uh, we win, when we win that chip. Oh, when you win. Okay. Now, so, okay. So that leads me to my next question. You confident that y'all going to win this chip? Man, I'm very confident. Man, I've never, I've never been so confident in anything. And I, I, I just feel it. Yeah, I feel it in my gut. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I just feel it in my gut. Okay. All right. So who, who do you think would make an easier, an easier opponent for you? Utah or Denver or does it matter? It don't matter. It doesn't matter? Yeah. Yeah, to, hey, to be the best, you got to beat the best. Okay, that's very true. That's very true. But now look, so if this Battle of L.A. happens, you know, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> if this Battle of L.A. happens, you how, how many, how do you see the series going? How many games? Oh, man, we probably, we, we, we probably going at least six games, but mm. Clips in six, baby. Clips you got Clips in six. Uh -huh. My granddaughter want to come in, come in here with me. Ah, <laughs> uh, tell her come on in. Oh, how cute is she? Hey, you is but, she a uh, Clipper fan too, or is she or she don't know yet? You know what? Honestly, nobody's my no, no none of my kids, none of my family members are Clipper fans. Just you? Just I'm the only Clipper fan in the how, family. How did that happen? I got fired from a job, and a guy told me I never mounted anything in life. Now you get fired, you feel sorry for yourself. Went home, plopped on the couch, turned the TV on. Clipper game comes on. They said the same thing about them, how horrible they was, how they never mounted anything. I said, this is going to be my team. We're going to ride and die together. Oh, that's see, now, that, that's such a good story. That makes me low-key not want to talk trash, but I will. <laughs> Don't you worry about it. I will. It, al it almost tugged at my heartstrings hard enough to make me go, oh, let me stand down. But let me, let me, let me go back in the time because I, I haven't had a chance to talk to you, but when you knew that Kawhi was coming to the Clippers, how did you feel about that? Oh, man, I, was, I, was, I went crazy because I, actually I was asleep when the news came out. Mm -hmm. And my guy, my, my buddy, Tony Farmer, that played in the NBA, called me. He said, Daryl, did you hear the news? I said, what news? He said, y'all just got Kawhi and PG. I said, don't play with me, man. Don't play right. with me. Man. I'm asleep, man. I got to go. I'm asleep. Right. And, uh, and all of a sudden, once I said that, my other phone started ringing. And text is going off. Tweets is going off. And that's when I knew. I would say. So I had the first thing I did, I went and did a video. And uh, for Snoop, I had to cut Snoop out. <laughs> oh! So, yeah, I had to go cut Snoop out. And then, man, I got, came back in the house, put my clothes on, shot down the, shot down the L.A. Live, ran through, ran through L.A. Live, screaming and shouting. Did another video at Stable Center. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. Now, you, you are a staple in the community. Like, everyone knows who you are. You are the Clipper Daryl. Um, now, you said that you became a fan because you got fired from a job. Did you think that you would go from the guy that was like, yeah, I'm going to be a fan of the Clippers because people talked about them like they talked about me to now you are the guy for the Clippers. Did you think that would ever happen? Nah, never, ne never in a million years. How did that road, how did that road start? You just being over the top and then it just kind of took off from there? Just having fun at a game. I was having fun at a game, dancing in the aisles. 
Yeah. And uh, it, you know that song by Are You Ready for This by Two Unlimited? Yeah. I was just I was just having a good time, and the cameraman point, pointed the camera on me, and when when it, when I was dancing, the crowd went crazy. He played me back in slow motion, and the crowd the, the crowd gave me a standing ovation. Mm. And then it went on from there. So every time that song came on. That's what uh you know uh pe- people look for me so and it, that it just happened man. it was just happened that was my first year you know yeah I've only missed yeah I've been I've been doing it I've been doing it twenty seasons mm. you know when I, when I could actually afford season tickets I've been a fan for twenty seven yeah I could actually afford season tickets so I've only missed two Clipper games in twenty in, seasons in twenty seasons yes so you must take your vacations during the off season. <laughs> I do, every, everything goes around them schedules meetings whatever i got to do that's you know? awesome so when we were threatening to possibly not have any more basketball what were your feelings especially since you guys were kind of on this high like i said the battle of the west was supposed to be between clippers and lakers were you a little afraid that maybe this would this pandemic would cut this momentum for your team oh yeah i was mm-hmm. I, I, I was going crazy at the end of the day mm-hmm. because you know, basketball is, is two places that I can always forget about my problems. Whatever I'm going through is a Clipper game and a church. So mm-hmm. it was like, you know, not to have it, not to have it a part of your life, man, was was crazy. When we had that, four, you know, when we was out of out of sports for five months, it was crazy. It was crazy then. So that's that's an interesting comment because a lot of people, that's their narrative. They don't want to see us talk about like the Black Lives Matter and the social in- injustice because they feel like I watch sports to kind of get away from my life, to get away from problems. And you guys bringing it up during the game. Now, now I have to think about things that I don't want to think about. Do you do you understand that viewpoint? Yeah, I understand both sides to it. Mm-hmm. I understand both sides to it. Um, you know, you, you, you do you, you do want to have see. I've always been the type action, you know, action speaks louder than words. We can talk, we can talk about it, keep talking about it, keep talking about it. But if we're not doing nothing to prevent this from, from, from the situation, we're not doing anything about it. So what I encourage people to do is the first thing I tell people to do, what I done was that do a ride along with the police, mm-hmm. get both sides to the story. Then you can understand a, a whole lot better. You know, sometimes it's not all about black lives. It's not, not, it's not, it's, it's all about life itself. And they're trying to go home at night. And then this other person, you know, cause we all been pulled over. I've been laid out on the cars. I've been, I've, I've been through it all, but I understand what they're going through because once you, once you see it, once you see it and you've been a part of it, you'd be like, wow, that's what it is. Like a lot of people don't realize that when a, when a, when an officer comes to your house, that's why sometimes you see them with attitudes and stuff like that, because they have a record of how many times they've been to your house and they see it. This, this, and this, and this. See, a lot of people don't realize that when they pull you over, they run your license plates in a lot of situations. So, and then I, 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 I've seen the other side to it, to where people don't know, but what I always tell people to do this, get the badge numbers, do it exactly what they tell you to do, get their information and then move on from it. That's how we're going to do it. If you can. That's the thing. Unfortunately, not not enough people are able to move on from it. I've actually, I worked as a cadet um, to get through college. So ride alongs were mandatory. And unfortunately, I've seen the other side where, you know, it's all like, hey, how's it going? Tell me what the problem is when it's 
someone who doesn't have melanin in their skin, but when they do have melanin, it's like, what the hell, you know, it's more aggressive, it's more angry, it's a more volatile situation. So unfortunately, I just don't think that the police in our country have, um, they do have a predisposition about how they feel about us. And I think that that's something that we need to address. Um, but what do you think? You said actions. You're about actions. Do you think that the NBA has taken enough action? Yes. I think, I mean, because you don't want to take away from the, you don't want to take too much away from the game itself mm -hmm. because then it becomes a political situation. You don't want to sit there and watch it all day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, I mean, like, like you know, I, I drown, you know, I want to, I want to see, I want to see Black Lives Matter. I mean, I love to see it on the court. I like it, you know, with the guys with the uniforms and stuff like that. But to, to drill it, to drill it, to drill it at the end of the day, because when you look at it as, uh, we're doing it for Breonna Taylor. This is justice for Breonna Taylor. I respect that. But answer the questions with the reporter asked right after you say that. Mm. Just don't say that this is all I'm saying today. Mm. We have to have, you know, we have to have a, an order to this and not, and not a rebellion. You understand what I'm saying? As I do. Yeah. I don't, I don't agree, <laughs> but, but, you know, I do, I think, I think that at, at some point I'm, I'm very, if, you know, on, on some, some of the platforms that I've been on, I've said, I, I would love to see athletes take this stance of, you know, we're done talking. And I think because at some point, and I, and I mean about the game, like, I don't feel like we've been heard. I feel like we've been, if you want to talk about since the Emancipation Proclamation, we've been ha talking this same song since 1863 and nobody seems to be listening. So I, mm -hmm. I, I've kind of taken the stance that, you know, until people start listening, stop, stop talking altogether. So I get what you're saying too, you know, especially as a sports fan, you want to see, but I don't really care what they say after the game. Usually, you know, Jamal, I don't know if you saw Jamal's uh, post game speech after he, led the the nuggets back yesterday but it was a very emotional he wasn't even able to speak too too much because i think the the situation and the the severity of the situation and what it meant to him to take take his his team to that next level um so unfortunately the you know black players don't get to pick and choose you know sometimes yeah they're they're your favorite athlete when they're on the court but when they get off get off the court they're still a black man in this country so i i i applaud whatever whatever direction they want to go um, but let's talk about the direction of your boy, Marcus Morris. Now, word on the street is your boy's kind of dirty. What is your word on that? <laughs> Play the game. Everybody want to blame Marcus Morris, right? But mm. do you see what what uh, Dodgers was doing to him? You know, like even on that play that he, he blocked the ball, he blocked the ball, he just went on top and blocked it. Now. But did you see the elbow that he moved that, that he maneuvered on it? And he was he was doing it the whole game. You know? So oh you want to play this game? Okay, I know what to do. Bah! Okay, mm -hmm. but 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 what about the neck grab that ended up getting Porzingis ejected? Because now now that was dirty. Can we agree on that one? Nope. nope. You're not gonna <laughs> even agree on that one? No, it wasn't dirty. <laughs> it's a part of the game. And, and see. Everything everybody said, oh, Porzingis got ejected. Don't forget, Porzingis had two technicals. He mm -hmm. already had one earlier, so he got the second one. That's why he got ejected. I don't know what everybody getting mad for. Because about. the second one shouldn't have been. It shouldn't have been. If that's part of the game, then part of the game has to be me defending my boy, right? Hey, but he came from across the court over. 
as he's supposed to. You messing with my boy. He's a, hey, he's a, he's a, you know, he, he's a, I'm not even going to call him a superstar. He's a, you know, he's a known player. So, hey, if you don't want to get kicked out, don't start nothing. Don't, don't come across, stay in the vicinity of the situation, you know? So that I means you, so you had to be cool. If that's, if that's your take on it, you had to be cool. You cool with Marcus getting ejected as well, right? He should have got ejected. He should have got a flagrant one. <laughs> he he should have got a flagrant one. He shouldn't have got ejected. That wasn't the ejectable play. He wasn't even going for the ball. He was straight he going, oh, stop it. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. The ball. Man, I need to start seeing stuff through these clipper glasses you got on because I'm telling you right now, I see things a little, a little bit different. All right, but let's go to the you have two guys up for six man of the year in Montrez and Lou Williams. Who do you think gets it? I think it's gonna be one of them. I don't think Daniel's gonna get it. Who do you think is gonna get this six man of the year? I think since since this situation happened, I think they're gonna do a co in they I think they're gonna do a uh, a co. Oh. Okay. I think they, they're gonna give the both up. That would be great. I I haven't seen that in a minute. That would be that would be great. Yeah. Um all right, so now before we get out of here, let's talk to now again. You guys got past the Mavs. I don't think anybody anybody that thought you wouldn't. This second round you said was going six. Is there gonna be any surprises? If you guys don't make it, are you gonna be completely shocked by that? What do you what, what do you mean if you, if don't, you don't, don't if you don't make it out of the second round because you guys haven't made it up. Oh, that you don't even under, you don't even understand the question. I, I don't do you? Even understand that. <laughs> see, this is a see. We're under a new regime. This is the new Steve Bomber era, so it's our time. Okay, you know what I'm saying. So hey, because since Jeannie Buss owned the Lakers, and and and, uh, and Steve Bomber owned the on the Clippers, we mm-hmm. zero zero. <laughs> okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. All right, well, we're going to have to make some type of bet. We're going to have to make some type of bet, especially if the Lakers, if it ends up being the battle of four LA. I think we'll wait until – so how about we do that? How about we wait, and mm-hmm. then before before game one of battle LA, we'll uh, come back and you and I will talk, and we'll make some, we'll put some wagers on the line. That yeah, that's, if y'all, that's if y'all make it. Ooh, <laughs> now you're just getting reckless. You're just being reckless with it. I see you. I see you. <laughs> you know, that's the thing, though. I, You know, as a Laker fan, I'm not a true Laker fan. I am a Laker fan by way of LeBron. I'm a LeBron fan. I go where LeBron goes. But You sound like my son. He's 16. Okay. You know, he go wherever LeBron goes. <laughs> Smart kid. He's, he's got a very bright future. I, I believe in this young man. Um, but for me, you know, one of the things that I've, I've been battling with is the inconsistency that I'm seeing. So I think... Now, if I'm going to pay you guys a compliment, the Clippers, you guys are head to toe consistent. And so that that's something that is definitely a hash mark in your favor. I shall not. I said it once. I ain't going to say it again. Don't get greedy now. You tripping. <laughs> I will not do it. All right, Clipper Daryl, thank you so much for joining me on this show. I can't wait to have you back on because I ha- it has to happen just so we can mm-hmm. get back on here and talk about the Battle of LA, LA and make some serious wagers. Talk, talk to your team to make it happen because they're, they're so inconsistent. They oh, see, make- here, here we go. I'm going to have to go ahead and cut your mic off. Where's the button? Where is the button? Can, 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 can I tell you something? Can I tell yeah. you one thing? Yes. 
The Laker era is over. It's Clipper time. <laughs> I'm gonna let you have this moment. I'm gonna let you have it because you deserve it. I done seen you through the years. You deserve this moment. I'm gonna let you have it. But this is the only moment I'm gonna let you have. When we come back from Battle LA, it's gonna be totally different. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Clipper Daryl. And I will talk to you very, very soon. All right, you guys, once again, that was Clipper Daryl right here on At The Half with your girl, Jackie Ray. Needless to say, I don't agree with anything he said with regard to this social justice movement, but I definitely appreciate him coming on the show and sharing with us. I'm definitely going to have to have him come back on the show, hopefully to shed some tears after these Clippers get stomped out by the Mile High City. I don't know if I should have said stomped out. That doesn't even sound realistic, but that's still my hope nonetheless. Once again, thanks for joining me here on At The Half on CBTV Radio and 950 Lounge. If you haven't done so already, venture on over to Instagram and follow me at Fanatic. Make sure you check me out every week on the Opposite Reaction Podcast. That actually comes on an hour after this podcast does if you're listening to me on cbtv radio but you can also listen to that on all streaming platforms as well follow me on the fumble every single week and i will see you next thursday be safe